0: This message is produced by the Transformation Edge Church. We believe you'll be inspired and transformed by it. The Trans Edge, a change is inevitable. Isn't it? We're still celebrating. But we thank God for the reason we celebrate, because we are celebrating Jesus. But at the very moment where we celebrate Jesus, that's when we do acknowledge what he's done for us. And that means that Christmas is about you. Praise God. Christmas is about the world. Christmas is about the love of the Father for the world. You know, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Christmas is all about us. But acknowledging that Jesus, who has come to save the world, including me, Praise God. So how have you been celebrating? Celebrating well? Food? Gifts? Laughter? Hugs? Cuddles? Socially distanced cuddles? How does that work? How interesting. Because Christmas is something that we always look forward to, isn't it? And very close to Christmas, a few days from Christmas, then the COVID cases spiked. Just for one reason. Just to kill the buzz. To kill the buzz. Oops. But you see, the buzz cannot be killed. It cannot. Hallelujah. The buzz has always been there. Way before you came onto the scene, the buzz has been there. And it will continue way after. COVID came, but it came to pass. Right? For some of us, it didn't take long. It came, but it didn't visit us. And just passed. Not because... He didn't want to visit us, not because, it, you, know, it, it, you know, he didn't like us, but because he couldn't. Yes. Praise God. It couldn't. Yeah. It couldn't. Why? Because we are hidden in Christ, yes. in God. Yeah. You know, some of you may have had, you know, uh, the signs here and there. But it stops with the signs. That's where it stops. It does not have impact on you. Hallelujah. So what I want to share this morning with you is what I've titled the new government. And I call it new government for lack of a better word, but It's never been the new government because it's always been the government. But it's important that we see it today, campaign for the government, because the president is coming back. It's coming back. And I'm gonna take my first reading from Isaiah. Chapter number 9, verse number 6, and before we read that, can we pray, Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus Christ for this opportunity to share your word, and Father, as we hear your word, open our spirit to understand exactly what you want to share with us, open our spirit so that we can be changed from the inside out help us to perceive you to know you to fellowship with you so that we will never walk alone I thank you for your word this morning because it has a capacity to produce results and Lord In this very word this morning, you will answer questions that have always been asked. You will answer questions that causes us grief. You will answer questions that that has been, you know, in, in the corners of our spirit, not sure when the answers to these questions will be. You will answer those questions in this service today. We thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. A child is born, a son is given. A son is not born, but a son is given. A child is born, a son is given. So what's the difference with that? Now, a son is what is likened to the very nature, God. God himself came to dwell. It was not a God child. It was, he was Emmanuel. The child that was born required to be protected. The child that was born had to be flown to Egypt. But when the son was given, nothing could stop him. It was the son that God spoke about, not the child, but the son that God spoke about. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, not the child. I said, But is the same person, yes. But as a child, he needed to grow just like every other person. He needed to grow. Yes, he was God completely, but he also needed to learn what obedience is. From the human perspective, he needed to learn to grow in the word. Just the same way we've grown in the word. You, you realize only one time Jesus was made mention of, um, you know, or rather a few times, right? But when he was born, he was mentioned, all right? And then until he came back to Egypt, perhaps at the age of four, but between then and 12, nothing was spoken about him in the scriptures. And after the age of 12, between 12 and 30, we didn't hear about him. Of course, there are some books here and there that probably mentions a few things here and there about Jesus. But of course, they were not added to the scriptures for For lack of evidence. But we didn't hear anything. But at the age of 12, he was found in the temple having conversations with teachers of the law. His parents went back to the temple because he was meant to be with them. But somehow, he was in the temple. And then they came to him and said, hey, we've been looking for you. He said, you know, I'm meant to be in my father's house. Growth. Growth. Most of the responses that he gave in his lifetime were all found in the scripture. He said, "In in the book it is written of me. In the book it is written of me. Say, well, he would have known all that because he is God. Yes, he would have known all that. But he needed to study it. He needed to go back to it. He needed to look at what we were looking at. That, you know, Jesus did not come to impose on us. Jesus came. To explore us, to understand us, to completely be us, so that he can be the perfect sacrifice. And that's the only way he could be the perfect sacrifice. And the perfect sacrifice, you know, Graham was saying, um, was it yesterday? Was it yesterday? Well, when he talked about the swaddling clothes and uh, how the, the lamb were protected from any blemish, and it needed to be pure. Yes. And these shepherds would guard these lambs, these sheep, to ensure that they were perfect for sacrifice. Yes. Same with Jesus. Jesus needed to be made perfect for sacrifice. He needed to go through temptation, but yet himself not becoming seen as a result of the temptation. He needed to go through, he needed to understand your circumstances, he needed to understand your challenges today, he needed to understand how you are struggling. He was tempted, the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews, he was tempted just as we are. And what made him perfect is because he did not fall for it. So think about the worst thing that you could be tempted with today. Perhaps he was tempted. No, think about it. You're talking about fraud. Let's talk about fraud for a moment. You know? You see, Jesus could have, you know, spoken to the sharks to get all the treasures from underneath the sea so that he can make himself king on earth. He could do that because we saw him do it to just, you know, a fish and got two coins out of the fish or rather a coin out. He did that. He fed 5,000 men. And through the same thing, the devil came to him and said, if you truly are a child of God, if you truly are a son of God, it's a convert stone to bread. In other words, commit fraud. He's not stealing from anyone. He owns everything. But he needed to see exactly where we are, how we work for our money. He works for his money. He did. His father was a carpenter. He learned a trade through his father, Joseph. He was a carpenter. He was always referred to as the son of the carpenter. I was still here. So he was made perfect sacrifice through his learning, through his being with us, through understanding the suffering that we are suffering. And that is why today is important that we celebrate him because he is the embodiment of all we can ever be. Praise God. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And that is why it says as many as believe in him. To them he gave power to become. To become what? You see, King James Version used the word Sons not children. It's other translations that use children, they say, to become sons of God. And I understand why other translations use children, because they needed to incorporate, to say, it's not just, you know, the male child that we're talking about, we're talking about everyone. But when the scriptures talk about son, the, the word son in the scriptures does not have to do, any, it have to do with gender. It has nothing to do with gender. And that is why, you know, Paul in the book of Galatians, he said, as long as you are in Christ, there's neither male nor female. There's neither born nor free. You are all one in Christ. So when he talks about sons, he's talking about your maturity. When you come to God, you're given authority to become son. And son is accepted. Son can rule. Son can reign. The child needs protection, but the son Is grown to the point where he can do stuff for himself. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government. What government is he talking about? And the government shall be upon his shoulders. What government is he talking about? Is he talking about the government of heaven? He already, he's from there. Is he talking about the, the government of the systems of the world? He supersedes that. So when he talks about the government, and what is government? What is government? Talk to me. What's the meaning of government? Elected. elected leaders. Elected leaders. Well, there are those who are not elected. There are those who are born leaders, like the monarchy. They can set the rules, they can set the policy, they determine the way things are done. And not to lord it over people, but to protect its people. Are we still here? Yeah. See, and the government yeah. shall be upon his shoulders. So if the government is to be upon his shoulders, it, it means that the way things are done, the way the world should run, the way our lives should go, it's become his responsibility. For it to be upon his shoulders means it has become his responsibility. Are you still here? All right, let's read further, and we'll come back to that. It said, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, of the Increase Hallelujah. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. He said, Of the increase, of the increase, how does the government increase? By taking territories. You know, at some point the Roman Empire was, you know, the the world power in 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 the actually in Jesus' time. They would take new territories. There was some time um, the the British monarch invaded so many countries to take territories, new territories, enlarging their sphere of influence. But here he's saying, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government, of the expansion of his government, and peace, there shall be no end. For a moment, if you just... Hold on there. Let's go to the same Isaiah chapter fifty-three, verse number ten. Are you still here? Don't don't forget where we just read. You and the government shall be upon his shoulder. You and of the increase, of the increase of his government and peace. There shall be no end. Now, verse number 10, chapter 53 says to us, He said, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him, to put him to grief. And then, He said, When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. I I wanted to take that for a moment and pause because this Christmas is important that we lay aside the religion of Christmas and take on the spirit of Christmas. See, of the increase of his government, Isaiah chapter 9, of the increase of his government, there shall be no end. In Isaiah 53, some chapters later, they're still talking about Jesus Christ. He said, yet he pleased the Lord to bruise him. He had put him to grief. Do you know Jesus died? He didn't pretend to die. He died. There's evidence that he died completely. And two evidence that cannot be rebuffed. It's one. When he died on the tree, on the cross, one of the soldiers went to him just to ensure that he was deadly dead. All right? He pierced him on the, on the, on the side. And the Bible tells us blood and water gushed out. Where, does, where did the water come from? It's indicative that his heart has ruptured. And after doing that, He stepped back and said indeed this was the Son of God because he knew no rupture would happen within three hours. No rupture. And the reason for doing that was because Sabbath was coming and no one should be still left on the cross by Sabbath. Yeah. So they needed to clean up their acts before Sabbath day. Yeah. So they sent the soldiers and check, you know, um, if they are dead. If they are not dead, break their legs. Literally. Yeah. And they got some down. Probably, I'm not sure how many were there, but we knew there were two, uh, one on either side of Jesus. And perhaps they broke their legs. But for Jesus, when they got there, just to fulfill the scripture that none of his bones shall be broken, they got there, checked him out. Are you sure he's dead? Okay, let's try. And hit him on the side as though you were poking barbecue. And blood and water gushed out. Say, so he's dead. He's dead, all right, he's dead. Bring him down. So they brought him down, wrapped him up. That's one evidence. The second evidence is a fact that Thomas continued to doubt. Thomas doubted and continued to doubt. Even when every other apostle, or, or rather every other disciple told him, we saw him, his reason. He said, no, 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 I saw that guy. He really died. I saw him. Okay, all right, until I see his pierced hands, and, you know, and his pierced foot, I would not believe because I really saw him die. That's the second evidence for his own disciple to say, no, I don't believe you guys. No, 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 I'm not going to fall for this rubbish. He died. And then Jesus appeared and said, oh, hell. Thomas, come on. He said, hey, don't think I'm a ghost. I'm not a ghost either. See, because ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see me have. Are you still here? Do you see where I'm taking you to? So, basically, Jesus died. Mm -hmm. Completely. The Bible tells us in the book of Romans chapter 8 that God raised him from the dead by the Holy Spirit. Interesting. All right, hold on there so that I don't, you know... I know I'm just creating different pathways at the moment, and that's how it is in my head. Verse number 10, it says, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He had put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. So his soul was an offering. This man passed. And yet, he's talking about He shall see his seed. How will a dead man see his seed? Say, he shall see his seed, and he shall prolong his days. Wow! Do you see why he's talking about and of the increase of his government? There shall be no end. All right, let me take you back to where I left off. Isaiah fifty, sorry, chapter nine again. Chapter 9, verse 6 again. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. All right, the Bible tells us that the church is the body of Christ, and Christ is the head of the church. You remember that? Fantastic. So the head is Christ, the body is the church. Where is the shoulder? Is it on the head or on the body? the body? So if the scripture is saying and the government shall be upon his shoulder, what does that mean? We are the government. We determine the way things should run. And that is why we cannot cower under any COVID in our city. We need to be able to determine how long it needs to stay on our shores. And until we know who we are, we cannot take authority. Until we know who we are, we cannot act with the authority that we've been bestowed. Are we still here? See, and of the increase of his government, and that is why the church continues to grow, continues to grow. He said, he shall see his seed and he shall prolong his days. And that is why today we still celebrate his birth. We still celebrate his death and celebrate much more his resurrection. Prolonging his days. Prolonging his days. My brothers and sisters, you are the new government in town. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are the new government. Don't look at yourself. Don't look at what you have now. Don't look at how, you know, you have been struggling. But you are the new government. Why? Because the authority is on you. It's on you. We've got to stand up to it. Stand up to this thing. Stand up. Come on. Stand up to it. Hallelujah. Let me show you something very quickly. Oh, glory to God. Mm-hmm. Colossians chapter number 1 verse number 24 it says now i rejoice in in what i'm suffering for you and i fill up in my flesh and this is paul speaking uh, and in his letter to the church in Colossae. it says, uh, "Now I rejoice in what I'm suffering for you, and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regards to Christ's affliction for the sake of His body, which is the church." See, he's indicating again that the body is the church. He said, "I've become its servant to you, or rather, I've become its servant by the commission God gave." me to present to you the word of God in its fullness. In other words, God wants you to have his word in its fullness. So the mystery that had been kept hidden, oh, the mystery that had been kept hidden for ages and generation, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. So It's a mystery. Others saw it, but they couldn't understand it. They couldn't understand it until Jesus. So now, the mystery that had been kept hidden for ages and generations, but it's now disclosed to the Lord's people. To them, God has chosen. It's to them, to this Lord's people, to the church, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of his mystery which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. What is glory? The embodiment of all success. The embodiment of all enjoyment. The embodiment of life itself. The embodiment of complete health. And much more than that. He so this mystery, he said, if the, those ones who crucified Jesus, if they had known this mystery, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So said, this mystery was hidden. And that is why even those who crucified him thought they were doing the works of God. How interesting. He so, said, but this mystery was hidden for ages, for generations but it's now revealed to you that you can change the course of the whole country's life. You can change the way we are doing things. You can, it's not only your own. It's not only your own. If you are the government in your day, it means that you have responsibility. And Christmas is our opportunity. To assert our responsibility. Hallelujah. And I'm still reading from Colossians. Verse twenty-seven again it said, "To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory." He said, "He is the one we proclaim." Admonishing and teaching everyone with wisdom so that, listen to the next one. I love this. It says, so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. We may present everyone as a son. Fully mature in Christ. And that is why our mission continues to talk about discovering, developing, and empowering. Because it's got to be through the word of God. It's got to be. It's got to be. It's got to be. If it's not the word of God, I have nothing else to share with you. But it's got to be. We've got to grow in the word. It's got to come to a point where you no longer need prayers. It's got to come to a point where you just just determine what happens. It's got to come to a point where you no longer depend on luck. Because for the Christians... Luck doesn't work. Yes, we don't depend on luck. If we are talking about luck, we are set in competition against the world. And the world system is rigged. It's just like when you're playing a, a, a computer game and you want to win the computer. It only allows you to win. It allows you to win. But when you set it on a higher standard, you know, next level, it becomes difficult. And that is why your thinking is luck. You do the first one. The world system will allow you, because they want you to believe in the system. And then the more you want to make strides or take strides in that same system, it becomes more difficult. Why? Because you are not of the world. And you cannot walk as though you are in the world. You you know, you you are in the world, but you are not of the world. Not of the world. Not of the world. So as we step into a new year, it's going to be a new way of being, a new way of thinking, a new way of doing things. You cannot set Jesus at the back burner. Why? Because you set Jesus at the back burner, you are setting yourself in the back burner. We we can no longer prioritize anything above Jesus Christ. He ought to be prioritized because he's the head of the church. No, you know, it's too late. It's too late to go, oh, well, um, I'll just leave Jesus. You wait. It's too late. Why? Because the way you're walking, you're walking like this because your head is behind and you don't know where you're going. Your, your head is at home and you're walking. Nothing works, right? No, nothing works. No, nothing works. Nothing works. But you want, you want the head to be the eyes that see the path ahead of you. You want to give him the leadership. You want to say, Jesus, come on, do this. Come on, let's do this together. You see, the, the interesting thing is his relationship with you. His relationship with you, he doesn't come to you as just Lord. He comes to you. He said to his disciples, he said, I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. I call you friends. He said, because servants do not know what the master does. So in other words, he wants you to know what he's doing. If a trusted friend says, I have a surprise for you, your heart will be merry. If someone that you don't trust tells you, I have a surprise for you, you'll be afraid. (laughs) True? True. You'll be scared. You're thinking, oh God, what is this? And that's why Jesus said, I call you friends. I call you friends. I'm doing stuff in your life that you might not know, but trust me. I call you friends. See, and of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Who brings about the peace? You. Why? Because the government is resting on you. And you don't know what to do. Talk to the head. Yes. Talk to the CEO, the commanding officer. Jesus. And you don't need to wait to come to church to talk to the CEO. You have a direct line to the CEO. Right? That line is the Holy Spirit in your spirit. Just say Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. I'm not quite sure what to do right now. But I refuse to be confused. You see, there is a way. Okay. They tell me I have eight minutes. Thank you, Lord. There is a way that we speak as God's people. There is a way that we speak as government. Are you still here? Yes. There's a way. Yes. There's a way. We don't just say anything. Yes. The Bible tells us that with your mouth you'll be judged. Yes. With the same mouth. In other words, words that come out of your mouth is, is what will determine the path of your life. It's what you de- will determine if you're guilty or right. Yes. Words. Think about it for a moment. It's difficult to use that now as an example. But you know, back then, before Donald Trump, um, you know, people ensure that what they write out as from the office of the president is well vetted, you know, and right. But Donald Trump came in. I like him, but I don't like him, <laughs> OK, so that I can sit on the fence, right? But but he came in, he would spit out whatever he wants on Twitter. And there are some things that he would say, I go, yeah, that's good, but the way he's been put. He could have put it right. There are people that just decided not to like him because of the way he spoke. Possibly not his policies. Some of his policies were great. You see... I don't need anything, I don't have anything to do with politics, so don't root me on this, okay? All right? Leave me alone. All right. Okay. But what I'm saying is, as someone in authority, we've got to be careful what we say, how we say them. We've got to be careful. Because there's no, you know, people say, well, I was joking, but it's, it's a word. It's gone forth. It's gone forth. Say, say, for example, someone that you don't know walks in here and goes And, and goes to one person and goes, I hate you. I'm going to kill you today. What will you do? You call the police. All right, you call the police. And then before he knows it, the police are here. But he's saying, but I was just joking. <laughs> oh, no, too expensive. Yeah. And too late. Oh, uh, Probably because I yelled it out, you feel that's why it's more serious. No, he can even come and whisper it to you. You know what? I'm going to kill you today. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah. And then after telling you that he goes... But I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> you still call the police. Yeah, yes. Same thing with us. You don't let it out and say, "Well, it's, it was just the way I was feeling." Yeah, that's why. That's why. I, 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 I just felt bad, so I needed to to let it out. Mm. Ha, ha. ha. No. It just felt bad. Mm. So, what did you say when you were letting it out? I'm such a failure. Look at me. I'm just a failure. Why? Why are you talking that way? Because you just want to express the way you feel. Because you don't know who you are. If you know who you are, you would not express what does not belong to you. You are not a failure. That things aren't working at the moment. The Bible tells us that in the fullness of time, God sent his son. In the fullness of time, people expected the son to come way before, even while he was there. They didn't even know him. Why? Because they did not look forward to him. In the fullness of time, if you look forward to your words, the Bible tells us that God God watches after his words to perform it. He watches after them. In other words, he guards his word. He guards his word. He's looking at it. No, that's not where I sent you. I sent you here. He guards it. The Bible tells us, he, uh, Isaiah chapter 11, it says, as the rain comes down from heaven and does not return thither, but waters the earth and makes it, you know, brings forth seed and bud. It says, so shall my word be that comes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void. In other words, he's watching to ensure that it does what exactly he's determined for it to do. Hey, God's people, that is the way we ought to conduct our lives. See, but it was, it, it was very difficult. Uh, it, it's quite challenging, yes. But you've got a wonderful counselor, right? Isaiah 9, 6, wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Do you know why he said all that in one verse? could have thrown it all over the place. But he said all that in one verse so that you know why you are governing. You have a wonderful counselor. You have a mighty God. You have an everlasting father. You have the prince of peace. You are confused, go to the prince of peace and say, Lord, I'm not quite sure what is going on, but I refuse to be confused. I refuse to be confused. Instead of declaring what you are not, declare what you are. Don't say, I, I'm so confused right now. I don't know what to do. I'm so, I'm so poor. Can you see me? No, 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 no. That you don't have money does not mean you're poor. Yes. Yes. You see, when Jesus talked about riches, he didn't talk about riches in terms of the gold and, and silver that you, that you can get. He didn't talk about riches. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit. Yes. Blessed are the peacemakers. That's what I talked about because that's continuous and constant riches. I so said, but, but how about money? And that's why Jesus said, but seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness. So when he talks about the righteousness of the kingdom, it means the advancement of the kingdom. I said, so seek ye first the kingdom and its advancement and every other thing shall be added. What I found out, and I've told you many times, what I found out is Jesus was not saying that when you seek first the kingdom and the advancement of the kingdom, then you will get. No. That's not what he was saying. What actually he was saying is when you seek first the kingdom and the advancement, you start to discover what is included in the kingdom. That is why he said, in my father's house are many mansions. So if you seek the kingdom, you discover wealth. But if you seek wealth, you lose the kingdom and lose wealth. You seek the kingdom, you discover enduring wealth. Hallelujah. All right, I think my time is up now. I've got 41 seconds. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. You see, his government continues with you. His government continues with you. Determine how you will live your life. Determine from now onward what you ought to do. Use your words. Use your words. Don't let anything depress you. You might feel depressed in the name of Jesus. I have the Prince of Peace with me in the name of Jesus. The government is upon my shoulder for me to be able to, you know, to, uh, you know, to do things that I need to do. This mind cannot be depressed. This mind cannot be depressed because God has not given me a spirit of fear but a spirit of love, power, and sound mind. And when you continue to say those words back to yourself, the devil will flee. What does the Bible say about the devil? It says, resist him, and he will flee from you. Resist him. You see, God God created Lucifer. But Lucifer made himself the devil. So God did not create the devil. But he knows when he lost the glory, there's something that is now built into him. You push the button of resistance, he flees. So resisting using your words. resisting in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And your mind is saying something else, but stick, stick, say the same thing. Say the same thing over and over. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I am the head, not the tail. In the name of Jesus, I am not poor, I am discovering my riches. In the name of Jesus, my body is responding to your word. The sickness that is, that is trying to ravage my body, it has no power to be upon me. I am born of God. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. He that, says, he that the son set free is free indeed. You see, you you, you can keep saying all of those. And even even if you need to scream it and yell it, stay in your room, shut the door. Say, let's have it. You see, the Bible tells us that Jacob had a fight until the the dawning, until dawn. And said, unless you bless me, I won't let you go. But yours is not the case now because you are the blessed. So that time is just to sit in and go, you know what? I'm dealing with this devil right now. And guess what? Actually, the Bible tells us that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. Today, listen, to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imagination. You see, what gets you is your imagination. So it says, the weapon with which we fight, it's not canal. It's for the pulling down of strongholds. Those things that feel like they have power over you. And casting down how you rationalize them. And bringing them under submission to God. And that is when you start to reign. That's when you start to reign. And you don't make declaration until the policies are done. You draw the policy in your room. And come and say, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Brothers and sisters, you've got to know the Jesus who you use his name. You've got to know him. You've got to know him. You remember the, two, uh, the, the sons of Siva? The seven sons of Siva. Uh, of Siva. Siva, Siva. Um, you know, they were about to cast out devils. They succeeded in locking the devil in the room. And said, so let's cast the devil out of this man. And he said, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul serves, come out of him. The devil heard him, heard them. And then spoke to them and said, Paul, I know, I'm scared of him. I can't stand him. Jesus, I know, he defeated me. But who are you? He said, you've got to know the Jesus Because that's where the authority is. So behold, I've given you authority to tread on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you. But you've got to know the Jesus. Do you know the Jesus? When I say, do you know Jesus? I'm not talking about, do you know his name? I'm not talking about, have you received him? I'm talking about, do you have relationship with him? Because the relationship you ought to have with him is a relationship both as Lord and as a friend and most importantly, as your older brother. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can you stand on your feet? Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, Christmas takes on a new meaning. Christmas helps us to understand that the the, the Christmas that we celebrate is actually our responsibility in the world. Jesus came for us to give us a responsibility and to determine how things are run in the world. Don't allow your life to go down. Don't speak ill about yourself. Don't talk yourself down. For goodness sake, don't talk yourself down. You've got value. Hey, if you can't see the value on yourself, see the value on Jesus who died for you. He died for you. That means if he died for you, you can only pay for something that is worth. Right? You can only pay. So you don't overpay. You pay for what it is worth. God gave Jesus to get you. So that means God puts on you the same value he puts on Jesus. So let that get your mind at first. And then stop seeing your track and say, No, I ought not to speak like this about myself. Because God sees value in me. And if he sees something in me, I better discover what he saw in me. Use the word in Jesus' name. Can I pray for you? Father, in the name of of Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for everyone standing here right now. I thank you for the entrance of your word. It, it said it, 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 it gives light, it gives illumination, and as you've uh, you know illumined our spirit, as you've shed light on your word in our spirit. Let us not just only have heard it here and forget it at the door. Let it be what we continue to respond or reflect back on and refer to. Because Christ in us is the hope of glory. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for exposing us to the Word. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for helping us understand our place in Christ. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Because we will not walk short of what you have determined for us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for helping us understand that we have authority. And we will take advantage of that authority for the good of mankind. In the name of Jesus. And Father, I thank you because that starts with us. It starts with us. For us to be able to do the right things in the world, it means that we are already filled with the fullness of God. It starts with us. It starts with us. And that is why, you know, the, the, that, that, that hunger to know you, that hunger to love you, that hunger to study you will continue to increase in our spirit. In the name of Jesus, Father, I, I speak that hunger into each and everyone here today. The hunger to know you more. The hunger to love you more. The hunger to fellowship with you more. The hunger to have a relationship with you. So that when we come in and know you, fully matured in you, then we can understand what you said about Jesus. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear ye him. In in which case the world will listen to us. Everything around us will listen to us. Because we've come to the union of the Son, amen. we'll praise you, hallelujah. because we love you, hallelujah. in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Oh. Amen. Oh. amen, amen, hallelujah, praise God. The message you've heard was produced by The Transformation Edge, and we hope it has inspired you. For more information, please visit our website, www.thetransedge.com, or you may contact us via email to frontdesk at thetransedge.com. Or on Facebook, The Trends Edge Church. You may wish to call us on 02 4731 2419. The Trends Edge, a change is inevitable.